Hello and welcome. I am Piers Ridyard, CEO of RDX Works, a core developer of the decentralized finance protocol Radix, a public ledger entirely focused on bringing DeFi to the mainstream. This is our podcast, The DeFi Download, a show about decentralized finance and all things crypto, where we dive into the details of the projects, assets and services that are driving the DeFi revolution. Today, I have Ahmed Ismail, founder and CEO of Fluid. Fluid is an AI-based liquidity aggregator for CeFi and DeFi. Ahmed, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to see you. So um, let's just go from the very like top. What is a what is a liquidity aggregator, and why do we need one? Great question, Piers. Um, <clears throat> liquidity aggregator aggregates liquidity uh, across uh, centralized and decentralized exchanges. Uh, why do you need it? Because the biggest problem in crypto at, at the moment is that liquidity is highly fragmented, meaning that liquidity is held in very, very few places um, across the universe, meaning that unlike the traditional markets, such as the equities markets or the FX markets, um, where liquidity is everywhere uh, in, in crypto, we're about 20 years behind the game. So... What we do is that we solve this problem using uh, AI-based uh, strategies. Okay, so so when you say liquidity, you mean the sort of the the tokens that are available to purchase on exchanges. So um, correct, right? So if we even look at just Bitcoin, yeah, um, any crypto asset really. Crypto assets are held in very, very few locations. There's not much liquidity to go around. So when there's a, a market crash, like what's happened, what's been happening over the last few months, you know, first with Luna, now with FTX. Supposing you're a trader, mm. you hold, doesn't have to be Bitcoin, it could be any, any asset. Um, everything is on one exchange. You want to get out of that position. You're a trader, you need to get out. Um, What's happening, what happens is because crypto is held in such few places, you get huge market inefficiencies, flash crashes. Um, you get people manipulating the markets, very wide spreads, and meaning that buying and selling crypto is actually really, really expensive. Mm -hmm. Not the fees associated with blockchains, but actually getting in and out of positions. And that's what a liquidity aggregator does, is that we solve that problem. Right. So it, a good example of that would be in the, if you're buying a flight, yeah. if you're buying a flight, um, you're buying a, a flight, You a lot of people use Skyscanner. Right. Um, and they want to go from London to New York. Yeah. Instead of going to British Airways or United or Virgin directly, you go to Skyscanner and you'd find the cheapest flight for the times you want to fly. Yeah. Right. That's what an aggregator does. It gives you all the options in one place yeah. so you can get the best possible price at the best possible terms that you want. Right. And that's effectively what an aggregator does. I suppose it's a I suppose it's a it's an interesting analogy. There, there there's there's some 
key differences there, I suppose, which is that when you're, let's say I want to trade Bitcoin for USDC, I'm getting out of the market, like seemingly everyone is at the moment. Um, or let's say, let, let's be bullish and buying Bitcoin with USDC because everyone else is getting out the market. So now's a great time to be getting in. Um, and I, instead of going to my Binance account or my Coinbase account or whatever, I instead go to Fluid. And what Fluid will do is, let's say I want to buy $100,000 worth of Bitcoin. What it will do is it will go, okay, if I, if I take the first part of the order book of all of these exchanges, you'll end up getting a lot less movement in the price because instead of a hundred thousand coming off in one hit on just binance i'm now i'm taking maybe the first five thousand or ten thousand block of binance and then the next first ten thousand block of coinbase and there may be some off uniswap v3 uh to to aggregate together all of these different places so i get the best price or the least slippage possible across all of those exchanges couldn't have said it better myself right Exactly. That's what we do. Dan, what you just described is called smart order routing. Yep. So it basically looks at all the order books yep. and says there's least slippage if I get it from, you know, 20% from here, 10% from here, 5% from here, and aggregates all the orders into one place and gets you the best possible price. Yeah. Um, the reason this is important is what's called best execution. Yeah. It's something that's you know, as we all know and have seen, compliance and regulation is um, <laughs> missing in crypto at the moment. Um, you know, there's been the debate on the debate on regulation has been well documented, and we've seen what's gone on with FTX, etc. I won't go into that, but what I will go into is what's called best execution. Um, it, 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 a concept in financial markets. So my background is I'm I'm an ex banker. Uh, a big concept in financial markets is best execution, i.e. if you're a broker, getting the best possible price for your for your client or your customer, right, without screwing them, without playing them. Um, and if you get a better price, you have to give them that price. Your fees should be set in stone and you should not be making any more money on the back of a customer, right? Uh, just being honest, really, as a broker. Um, and what smart order routing does is that it, gives you the best possible, the best ability to serve people who want to buy or sell a certain asset in the best possible way, the most honest possible way. And what that does is when you give best execution and when you get the best pricing, you'll encourage more flow. And that's how we solve that problem. More and more, the better price I give you, the more likely you'll buy from me. And that's pretty pretty standard pretty i mean that's your customer acquisition strategy right yeah. um I, I suppose from an ethical point of view the thing you're pointing to is that um mo of mo most of the time in traditional financial markets you're required to go to as many exchanges as possible to be able to get together the quotes for a particular trade so that you can uh be able to uh give your client the best price um like Correct. interestingly as an aside and i'm sure you're aware of this but the the listeners may not be it's part of the problem that was that part of the problem with that actually caused a bunch of the uh, quant trading houses to be able to make their money in the first place but you know uh via um 
uh, via um, trading against those signals. You could go, okay, this order's come in on this exchange to see on this kind of execution. I'm going to race to another exchange to buy up the rest of it, Um, which I suppose maybe goes into some of my questioning about, like, that makes sense. So far, what you've said sounds like a, a relatively simple problem set you 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 create apis to all of these exchanges you aggregate you know um tick on tick the the order books that are available and then you do a, a best execution based on the orders that are put on to you versus the exchanges that you guys are integrated into so far right. so 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 easy to understand so why ai where's that come into it Great, great question. So one of the biggest problems with liquidity aggregation uh, is the fact that exchanges are still, you know, 20, 30 years behind. And that means that there's a lot of latency. So even if you're aggregating equity markets, right, you need to minimize latency. Why do you need to minimize latency? To minimize split, slippage and gap risk. Meaning um, I'm here in Dubai today. And I'm going out, uh, sending an order to a server, a Binance server that's in Hong Kong. There's a round trip there. Mm-hmm. And that round trip causes latency. And it could cause latency of, say, half a second, right? By the time I buy and sell and I do my action. Mm-hmm. Now, that half a second we've calculated in a volatile market can equal up to 2% gap risk. Right. So you need to minimize that risk to zero. Now, in equities, with all the quant based strategies that a lot of the liquidity aggregators use uh, and all the high frequency traders use, they've minimized that using just using quant strategies to say, you know, 100 milliseconds or 50 milliseconds. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, there's still a gap risk there. And what we do is the prob- the big problem with crypto markets versus, say, equity markets is that crypto markets are nonlinear, meaning that if you just use quant based strategy alone and, and sort of technical trading, you won't get there. Otherwise, we'll all be rich sitting on a beach somewhere. Right. Crypto markets are notoriously complex and driven by sentiment, driven by gold prices, CPI indices, lots and lots of different features Mm -hmm. and aspects. Data is highly unstructured. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk can make a tweet right now, Mm -hmm. and we've seen over the last few days with Doge, pops 15%. Mm -hmm. And so the reason we use AI is we use it as a tool to make sense of unstructured, nonlinear, complex data to try to predict that latency, right? So far, we've been able to, to go, our, so we, we, we basically have a um, uh, uh, partnerships, two academic partnerships, one with Imperial College in the UK mm-hmm. and one with Blaking Institute of Technology in Sweden mm-hmm. with about 15 uh, postdoc researchers working on this day and night full time. Mm-hmm. And these guys, they, they take, um, they take, make sense of all these data using different features. And what we've been able to do is 
is effectively up to 30 se- oh, up to eight seconds mm-hmm. we're able to predict btc and eth to up to 99.5 percent accuracy mm-hmm. me and up to 30 seconds the accuracy goes down to about 95 percent mm-hmm. using our hybrid models mm-hmm. and that's really where um the magic is but if you can do, do if you can do that then why not just trade on it yourselves very good question we yeah i mean that's exactly what ftx did so we are purely a liquidity aggregator our business model is very very uh is very very i mean ftx eh, like ftx borrowed its users funds right but like doesn't like being able to predict the market and then creating a quant trading strategy where you bring in investors funds to go and trade the market on that is completely legitimate business practice it's not that's that's very true i mean that's something creating the thing is creating a trading strategy mm-hmm. versus is one whole it's a whole ball it's a whole sort of um it's a whole world new world right what we are doing is simply creating ultra low latency technology right. for best agency and and i think as as well as a you know coming back to the ftx example yeah. you need to be able to you need to be able to uh, uh divide church from state Sure. If you're prop trading, yep, right, and this is why banks have Chinese walls. Yes, no, if you're no, no, prop I trading, I agree. I'm not. I'm just saying why, why, why build the aggregation at business all, model. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, business model is just different. I think where we see a big gap in the market, the problem we're trying to solve is trying to be a liquidity aggregator. Mm. We're not just trying to make a quick buck here. Right. Um, we can probably, but then it just require. It's a diff. It would be a different company. Yeah. It would be different people so so why do you think that a liquidity aggregator is so needed or your type of liquidity aggregator because there are other liquidity aggregators in the market right there are both uh, centralized exchange aggregators and decentralized exchange aggregators um so like what is it that you guys have seen that you made you go okay if we're able to provide a product that does this it's going to be you know this much better than than what is already available great question i believe that if liquidity aggregators were working we wouldn't have any arbitrage in crypto right now okay but you have lots of arbitrage you have lots the problem is still there so clearly the aggregators aren't doing enough it's not a one player eats all market Mm-hmm. you need 30 40 liquidity aggregators in the market to be able to solve this problem right us alone we're not we're not enough we need an ecosystem of liquidity aggregators so of course you know liquidity aggregators the more there are um the more liquidity comes into the system so the problem isn't being solved yeah. that's that's ultimately why we're here yeah it's interesting because like I always think of them as separate problems, like so, like order routing versus liquidity provision. I, I think of them as, as as separate problems to some extent, right? Because um, you have you have the sort of the two side the two sides of a of a exchange model. Um, it's much simpler to talk about it from the point of view of Uniswap. On Uniswap, you have the liquidity providers who are the people who provide liquidity to the market who say, hey, 
I am willing to buy and sell these two assets. I am willing to make a market for these two assets. And people will come here and they'll take the whatever the price is, given the ratio between these two assets, right? On a centralized exchange, it's a bit more complicated. You have professional market makers and professional traders who will sit on the order book and take a view, either a balanced or unbiased or unbiased view, balanced or unbalanced view, on what the price is going to do and provide liquidity close to spot or away from spot where they're, again, they're making a market. And then you have have the takers the people who are coming to the market and going i want to i need i need this executed uh and liquidity aggregation or or, or what what you guys what fluid is doing sounds like it's making execution more efficient but it doesn't sound like it's actually adding more liquidity in the form of the makers it's a, a good question so what you described is basically a you know market makers takers within one sex it's one centralized exchange yep um what we're doing is connecting all the centralized and decentralized exchanges together yep. at the moment there's about 500 of them yep right um and you so in terms of what who we're providing this for we're not we've got sort of three main buckets of users we've yep. got the institutional users high frequency traders that want best X yep. that need best execution to be able to buy and sell crypto either spot yep. or futures. Yeah. Right. At the best possible price because 10 bips, five bips makes a big difference right. when you're trading a thousand Bitcoin. Right. right. The other user user sort of uh, pillar are exchanges. Yeah. And while tier one exchanges, the Binance's, the Kraken's have, ample liquidity um was going to make a joke and say the ftx's but they don't anymore um the tier three tier four exchanges that exist in the world so here in the middle east we have i don't know coin mina or bit oasis wow. these guys they get their liquidity from maybe one possibly two exchanges yep so their user base so 30 40 000 user base are really just getting they're using them as a proxy to access that liquidity. Now, if those exchanges, those tier three, tier four exchanges used Fluid, they'd get access to 300, 400 exchanges, meaning that their order books thicken, mm -hmm. right? You get better execution, better pricing, yep. lower latency. Everyone's a winner. Right, okay. And that's how we help the, that's how we help the kind of the, the the exchange market. So we have institutional, we have exchanges, which are main sort of two. And then later on, we also have you know, retail markets as well. So we'll have a very sort of simple uh, user user interface uh, and you'll be able to 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 get that sounds know, like it might that sounds like it might lead to an interesting problem. Um, I'm not sure what to call it. Like if I'm a tier three exchange, I'm a tier four exchange, and I am mirror, I'm using a, a a liquidity aggregator to to essentially mirror the books of other exchanges. So I'm going, okay, 
I may not have much liquidity directly on my exchanges, but I'm using a liquidity aggregator where I'm able to aggregate together a bunch of liquidity from other exchanges. And then I'll offer that up to my users for, for uh, as a liquidity aggregated order book. And then I quote an order book on my exchange, then is there not a possibility then for other liquidity aggregators to think that that is the actual liquidity of that exchange and not aggregated liquidity? And you end up with a basically a search circular reasoning in the system where the mirrored liquidity on exchanges that's being quoted as their own liquidity is then being requoted on other exchanges as mirrored liquidity from, do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I do. I think that's exactly what happens in traditional markets. And that's right. a good thing in a way that, you know, you, 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 it's a very good, the, the whole problem here is that crypto is still very nascent. Crypto markets are very nascent. Yeah. And so you always have this problem. Now with the tier three, tier four exchanges, what that does is all we do is give them an avenue to get better pricing and better floats. Yeah, I suppose my point is, is I'm basically double counting, right? So let's say that I, let's say that we've got, you you guys are doing really well and you're working with tier, 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 tier two exchanges, right? And yeah. so the tier two exchange is aggregating from Coinbase, is or aggregating through you uh, and then is, is quoting on, on it, on its books. Uh, and some of that is from Coinbase and some of it is from other exchanges. So yeah. let's say that a million dollars worth of liquidity for whatever pair is on Coinbase. And then it's, and then it's aggregating it together and it's quoting $2 million of liquidity on it, its exchange because it's a million from Coinbase and then like a million from a bunch of other ones. Now a tier three then aggregates from that tier two and from the other exchanges, it's still counting a million from Coinbase. And it's now counting two million from the tier two exchange. Now it's quoting a three million liquidity, but it's double counted because it's 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 counted. The first exchange is is qu quoting from Coinbase and the rest of the aggregators. The next exchange is quoting from tier two and tier one, not realizing that it's aggregated. Now you've got three million of liquidity in spot. When you don't, you've only got two million. I, I see. I see the the the, the conundrum here and. Probably, yeah, that, that, is, that is a problem that could happen. I, I guess the way I see this in practice is um, the tier three exchange yeah. that decides to aggregate liquidity from tier two. You know, yeah, maybe there is a, there is a pass through, right? So if it does take it from, from tier two, it gets it, that tier two gets it from tier one. Right. Right. There is that there is that problem that will happen. Yeah. Um, now, ultimately, the tier three exchange is getting best execution still. Right. Well, because apart it, from the it, fact it, that the liquidity that's being quoted isn't actually all there. Like if I came in and I tried to do three million, uh, 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 take three million, I wouldn't be able to because there's actually only two million that can be taken off market. So I'll try and execute three million that's being quoted to me, but I actually can't take it. I can only take right. two million. So yeah, you get you get you get ghost liquidity, basically liquidity that disappears when you try and execute it. It you yes you do I guess, uh, and, and it's something we got to probably think through in terms of how we how we solve that. Right. Um, in terms of, but the way we, we do this as well is 
we are at the moment we're only really aggregating for say the top 10 tokens yeah we're aggregating order books for those yeah um we're not really going in and very and, and, and aggregating very deep illiquid uh altcoins at the moment we're just really sticking to the top ones um and that yeah that's how we that's how we, we get around it right. for now i do agree that you know there is ghost liquidity in the system yeah. there always will be and that's how that's what happens in equities and it has what happened yeah. but ultimately right it's better to have ghost liquidity than to have really poor pricing and so what that does is that what we do is that we give a marketplace yeah for people to or for institutions to be able to get best execution the best possible pricing in, in, in at the best possible terms Right. Uh, and that's what we do. We, that's how we aggregate the liquidity together, and, um, and, and we minimize and the, spread. And the AI part of it is then allowing you to more accurately quote to the user what the ex what is actually going to come back, because you're able you're able to predict what the price movement is likely to be in the next yeah. in within the latency round within the next, say five five seconds or ten seconds right then we know we can give you a live price we don't and that takes away a lot of the market inefficiency that happens so who's taking the execution risk then are you guys taking the execution risk so if you quote me a price and i say i take it to price and an amount and i say i'll take it do do you now are you now obliged to fill that or is it better you is an offer and then you'll go and do your best to to do what I've what you've quoted? No, so you, you're talking about sort of RFQ systems. So there's different types of uh, taking. There's different. There's I guess two different types. There's but ultimately you need to have the funds to be able to execute. Yeah. Right. We we're, we're not in the business of of. Um, you need to have, so we, there needs to be a sort of a proof of funds, yeah. and just like in any any exchange business. So, so it's yeah. not like uh, here's just a price, um, um, and then you need to we give you the price and you fund, and then we realize you don't have the money, and then we take the risk. It, no, it, no, no, no. I, I mean that. I, yeah, so I, 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 I put funds in. I put funds in. You yeah. quote me a price. I say yeah. yes. Is that price dependent on whether or not you can actually go and get that on the market, or is that the price that I've locked in, given the fact that you already have my funds? So the way the sort of order flow, if you like, the yeah. user flow would be, um, we give you a price. Yeah. That price you can take right now, this moment. Yeah. We, in terms of how things, is, how it's all settled, mm. which is, I think your question is more on, around settlement risk. Yeah. And operations risk rather yeah. than execution risk. Yeah. What it all constitutes is execution risk, I guess. But uh, settlement risk, we, there are a lot of like um, at the moment. So we can use we use things like Clearloop, yep. Copper, yep. Uh, Fireblocks. Uh, yep. We use different MPC wallets that have an inbuilt <coughs> proof of funds. So you would face us yep. as a user. We yep. would face the exchanges. Yeah. So similar to, to to sort of a prime brokerage model, yep. if you like. Uh, we would face the exchanges. We would have accounts in these, in these exchanges. We would make sure that the the, the, the trade is actually executed on your behalf yeah. on these exchanges. Yeah, I, I suppose that I, I, the question is, is who for me is who 
let, let's let's take a Dex example, right? So let's say that part of it you're routing through Uniswap v3. Now you can get the quote on Uniswap v3, and you can submit the transaction on Uniswap v3, but you may not actually get the you may not actually Price. get the funds yeah. because you can be front run and your and your delay is actually like your delay is till is to ethereum finality and ethereum finality depending on how you count it is like eight to ten minutes so you can you can submit a transaction it can get approved into the mempool it can then be built into a block but then that block can be reordered reordered meaning that you don't actually get the execution that you paid for on a dex and you don't get the funds returned so then you won't get that price that you quoted but you've already gone and tried to execute on behalf of the user so i, I mean it's a it's a real technical detail and either way yeah it true matter, it's but. it's a very very good uh very very good point and it's something that we have been thinking through over the last few months as well um in terms of our, of our product development and ultimately the answer i can give you here sort of from a layman's perspective is that our ai is built so that it it takes that execution risk and it's able to um, take that latency, right, that round trip latency um, out of the equation so that when you do execute, it's instant. There is a security there. Um, in any brokerage or any execution um, platform, there's always a sort of a trigger, yeah. you know, a, a, a filler kill or whatever right. a trigger that that if something badly goes wrong yeah. you don't get filled right. right but what we do is that using our ai we're able to predict using even so we use different tools for for centralized and decentralized exchanges in terms of how we how different how prediction models work and so we're able with a very high degree of confidence and accuracy be able to take that risk okay. right up to a certain tolerance level yeah. obviously if then you know from a risk management perspective you need to have a uh, a level where yeah. if it doesn't work right. then it doesn't work over a certain trade size you probably just be like nah <laughs> um yeah. but like the but i mean that's great that's a fantastic user benefit that's a fantastic user benefit because it means what price they see from you is the price that they actually get which is exactly. basically w exactly what you need um so let's talk about sort of where you guys are. You are uh, in development. When you when you are expecting to launch? So we've just launched our MVP mm -hmm. um, this week. In fact, congratulations! Um, thank you. Uh, we have had our proof of concept sort of done. All the AI models are ready, and it's just a case of now getting it from uh, MVP into a production alpha model, which we're hoping to have. Um, Q1 next year. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of where we are from a tech perspective. We've grown the team during this sort of winter, yep. crypto winter. We've used it really to 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 uh, buffer up our our tech resources, yep. uh, getting some really good people on board, and uh, and really growing as quickly as we can, so that when the bull market does come back. Um, where we are good to go yeah. um and and you know we're, we're we're a piece of infrastructure yeah we're not a um you know we're not a we're a piece of infrastructure that that aggregates that solves the problem that is even more exacerbated now 
with with FTX and with with Luna and, and all these projects failing, that crypto liquid and you know we're still big believers in crypto. We still know that it's it's gonna it's gonna take over, uh, especially with you know DeFi. It solves a lot of problems. I mean, this is not the forum for it, but that's what we're here for. We're just a piece of infrastructure to help people um, get better execution. And so, where where's your vision for this take you? Like, what's your what's the what's the big what's the big like hairy end state of this? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I think from a there are a lot of markets right now that we are looking at. So at the moment, we are focused on spot markets, but we see that crypto markets are going to evolve. There's a lot of interest in futures and options mm -hmm. at the moment, especially from institutions. So our liquidity aggregation will 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 go in that direction. Uh, the third direction I think was going to happen, and we're sort of planning, penciling in mid-2024 for this, is generally tokenized markets, any tokenized markets. You know, we're seeing real estate being tokenized. Mm -hmm. We're seeing um, pretty much everything, even NFTs being tokenized. Mm -hmm. um, sure. Fractal and, fractalized NFTs turn a yeah, non-fungible so asset into a fungible asset. Yeah. Anywhere with a, anywhere really that with, Anywhere with a tokenized market, mm -hmm. we can connect to. Mm -hmm. So I'm not limiting this to just to centralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges, which, you know, in reality, the the user base is quite small still. Mm -hmm. It's got even smaller. Mm -hmm. um, but really, you can't, you know, you can't shy away from the technology here. And... I don't. I see this going in the direction of pretty much any tokenized market. Um, you know, there's nothing to say that uh, uh, it's well documented as well. A lot of big corporates at the moment are looking at doing tranches of debt, even IPOs, mm -hmm. in tokenized form. Right. You know, that's where you can you can use fluid in venues where these are where these exist. Uh, you know, we've had a whole uh, bubble uh, of NFTs, right? But there is certainly a, a marketplace for non-fungible tokens from a retail standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear even Instagram or OpenSeas having their own NFT marketplaces. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing to stop Fluid um, going in and, and providing... Um, liquidity aggregation in those markets as well. So right. I see anywhere that has a market, we can go in. Anywhere that has a market where the underlying asset is in more than one venue. Yeah, is in more than one venue. It's right. tokenized. It's digital. Right. We can. We can. Uh, we can help. And you mentioned retail in here because, like, your yeah. your first two sort of customers trading houses and ex exchanges that makes sense but sort of how does retail fit into the fluid vision well it's a funny one because crypto ultimately is still a retail product it's still mm -hmm. traded by retail yeah mostly um retail forms about 92 percent of total crypto volume on centralized and decentralized exchanges yeah so it's not really a market that you can't that you should ignore um that said there are a lot of um, legal compliance, moral questions with dealing directly with um, 
retail customers. Mm -hmm. So being regulated for us is a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, being, um, you know, being able to, to garner that trust mm -hmm. for lower tier or sort of more less sophisticated investors. Mm -hmm. um, so certainly we uh, have a B2C strategy in place. But at the moment, the way we're getting to that C is through B2B. So it's kind of B2B to C, mm. if you like. So through these exchanges, through those big um, institutions, trading houses, we can get to the retail because they directly deal with them. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, we do have a retail product. We have a token as well. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't launched a token. Um, okay, but we will have a token. We will have a token, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's, we are TGE ready. It's just a case of... Uh, making sure that the right market conditions prevail yeah. before we launch our token. Yeah. We don't want to launch it in, in this, in this market for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we have, we have a, a token strategy and that token really is for retail yeah. uh, to use um, as a gamified strategy on our, uh, on our platform. So we're going to have a, a, a very simple uh, retail focused UI um, where you can use tokens in the same way that you use BNB on, uh, on Binance. Okay. That's really cool. Um, that's, it, I mean, it sounds like a really cool, uh, project and, and I think that, um, liquidity aggregation is obviously as we get, as the industry gets bigger and more and more venues for exchange and trading and all this kind of stuff emerges, there is going to need to be this increasing layer that brings it all together again. So um, I, I really do. I really am excited to see what happens with Fluid as well as, uh, you know, this AI predictive model where on the other side, you're giving a guarantee of, you know, sort of a price that's being quoted. I think all of that is going to be um immensely valuable for the industry so ahmed it was such a pleasure having you on if people want to find out more about fluid uh where should they go and and uh, how should they reach out so uh, we have our website which is fluid.finance mm -hmm. they will find all our social media platforms we're, we're very active we have a very active retail community uh on telegram as well uh we're 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 in a you know we have a lot of uh uh, you see us a lot in the, in the media, on CNBC, on, on, on Bloomberg, on Forbes. So you can find us around there. But really, the best place to start is 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 the website. You learn a lot about the project. Um, if you want to get involved in the token as well, a lot of information on that. Um, and and I think that that would probably be the best thing. Would you be publishing it on your maybe on this podcast? Oh yes, this will also go out on our on our socials as well. So um, you can and uh, we'll add uh, the information about Fluid into the show notes so that people can find out uh, those links. Uh, Ahmed, it's been such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Piers. Yeah.